Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? You're fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buckingham. Welcome on into episode 71 here on the Hoopers Log. Yes, All-Star Weekend is in the books. It is Monday, February 15, 2016, and I am your host, Simo Buckets. Yes, I am a little bit sick today under the weather, <clears throat> so if you hear me cough, sneeze, all that other beautiful stuff that you hear on the radio, that will be me. Uh, again, the phone number you'd like to call in is 323-642-1558. There's no NBA basketball today, tomorrow, Wednesday. There won't be any games until Thursday, but there is a lot of college basketball going on here over these next three days, so we'll have a lot of that that to talk about. Obviously, we're going to recap the All-Star Game weekend for you, and I have a rant that I'd like to get to revolving around what happened during the All-Star Game um, yesterday. I uh, I was thoroughly upset with the way the performance was of the actual game itself. I didn't have a problem with the fact that the game was built to honor Kobe Bryant and all those other things, but I did have a problem with the way the game was played, and uh, I'll get to that a little bit later. Um, I want to talk about All-Star Game weekend, obviously, on uh, on Saturday night, which I thought was one of the greatest we've ever seen, um, which is funny because I thought the actual events on Saturday were way, way more impressive than the actual game. The actual game was a joke. I thought I – thought, the All-Star Weekend on Saturday night was some of the best uh, uh, highlight material, entertaining stuff we've seen when it comes to the world of basketball in a long time. And don't get me wrong, I've seen better dunk contests when it comes to overall uh, dunks, but when it comes to the entertainment value, it was through the roof some of the best I have ever seen ever in uh, when it comes to the NBA, and it was fantastic. Uh, watching both Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine go off, and obviously I'll go off on my opinion on that as well. If you'd like to call in again, the phone number in the FanDuel Studios is 323-642-1558 is the number. Um, Also, the Hall of Fame finalists were announced uh, over the weekend. Obviously, Allen Iverson and Shaq were a couple of the guys that got in. Um, uh, You also had Tom Izzo get in there as well. Uh, Cheryl Swoops, obviously one of the greatest uh, WNBA players of all time. Um, you also had a guy in uh, Bo Ryan, who was part of Wisconsin uh, from last year in the national championship game. A big time, big time announcements in the world of basketball when it comes to the Hall of Fame. And obviously, we'll get to everything that happened when it came to that. Obviously, we'll give you our NCAA standings. We'll give you the uh, we'll give you what happened in the world of college basketball. Obviously, some trade rumors that are flying around the the, the NBA right now. 
give you an update on what the standings look like in the NBA as we move forward. Obviously, a big show today as we recap what happened over the weekend, and obviously we'll talk about what happened on Saturday night in the world of the uh, the NBA uh, All-Star Saturday night. It was an outstanding weekend overall. Obviously, Valentine's Day was yesterday, so for those of you who had a good Valentine's Day, you know what I'm talking about. You had a good one. I was sick. I started getting sick yesterday. I'm thoroughly sick today. Uh, it'll be question mark if I can go into work or not. I'll figure that out later. Um, but uh, let's get into it. Kevin Hart, let's get it started. Obviously, Kevin Hart was outstanding over the All-Star weekend. He's here today. Get it going, Kevin. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. going to learn today. As you can tell, it's been about three days since we've been on the air, and technical difficulties happen, and uh, that was definitely one. I pressed the wrong button, and then I tried to press the right button, and it just it just went all over the place. Anyway, the Hoopers Log here on episode 71 here on a Monday, February 25th, or excuse me, 20, February 15th, 2016, uh, episode 71 of the Hoopers Log here through CLNS Radio on, fan, on the FanDuel Studios, uh, 323-642-1558 is the number. Again, the Hall of Fame announcements were made over the weekend, uh, Shaq and Iverson really highlighted the announcements. Tom Izzo as well and Bo Ryan, two coaches that deserve at least so to be in. Uh, and then Cheryl Swoops, a great WNBA player, really highlighting the class. A ton of great class uh, members in this Hall of Fame announcement. Um, it's going to be coming forward in August when they have their Hall of Fame speeches. They'll ultimately know, we'll ultimately know who the Hall of Fame people are sometime shortly here over the next couple of months. I'm not 100% sure, but those are your finalists heading into the Hall of Fame in August for the basketball world. Also, one more interesting note before I get to the All-Star Saturday night and obviously what happened in the world of college basketball. Mountain Dew joined with the NBA in sponsorships. Look, I don't know about you, but I watched the All-Star game last night. I'm going to get to that rant a little later, but I just want to kind of give you a preview of that before we get into it. Um, this puppy monkey baby thing, uh, this commercial industry that, that the Mountain Dew has created, it's catchy, but it's creepy. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie. That is one of the weirdest commercials I've ever seen on top of the State Farm commercial stuff. Look, I love commercials. I want commercials on my show. But at the end of the day, at the same time, what are we doing to our, 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 our marketing campaign to think that Puppy Monkey Baby and having Damian Lillard as a baby and Kevin Love as a little kid run around in these commercials? What it, what it does to me, and again, I don't want to sound hypersensitive because I'm not hypersensitive. I, I could care less about most of this stuff when it comes to the commercial industry and all that. They're making more money than I'll ever see. Uh, but when it comes to the idea behind the commercials, they're creepy, they're weird, they're not interesting, they kind of turn me off, uh, they make me want to turn it off and not want to actually watch it and mute it. Um, it's not interesting and it's not fascinating. I don't know if the commercial industry is trying to promote itself to go towards a different route, but they're really finding a way to turn me off and make me really want to just not watch the commercials. Like, it's bad. I mean... I've always been one to just deal with commercials when it comes to live events and things of that nature. But when you have a puppy monkey baby running around the screen and licking people and, and making it, having people dance to it, it's weird. It's just flat out weird. And then having this whole state farm thing, shoving it down our throat with the hoopers, you know what I'm talking about. This commercial industry stuff is getting weird. And again, it's not all of it. It's just those two really. Um, but I don't want this to be the normal trend to make these commercials this outrageous. They're ridiculous. They're not funny. 
they're they're disturbing they're they're uh they're they're just they're just odd and i don't i don't like it it's not appealing to me it doesn't make me want to buy their product it makes me want to just look at it and be like okay uh what are you doing um i don't know if i'm super sensitive because i'm sick today but these commercials are very weird they're not uh they're not appealing and i just want to make sure that people who who watch this stuff recognize that this is not how the commercial industry normally does its business sometimes they have weird commercials sometimes they have different commercials and they're normally funny these aren't funny these are odd these are different um and I don't know what they're trying to promote, but I mean, obviously Mountain Dew is a, now a big sponsor of the NBA. And if this is their normal uh, routine of, of commercializing and making things this weird, well, then we're in for a long treat for uh, some really odd commercials coming on forward for Mountain Dew because that puppy monkey baby, man, I, I really don't understand what they're trying to get out of us and trying to make us buy. If they really want to put something that awkward and that creepy up on the screen, be my guest. It's not going to make me buy Mountain Dew anytime soon uh let's get to the all-star game saturday night stuff shall we uh obviously ncaa basketball was on last was on over the weekend a lot of big time games that clearly was more important than the all-star game and clearly this whole weekend for the all-star game outside of saturday night was truly kind of a joke friday night was fun too obviously with the young guys but the all-star game itself again i'm gonna get to that later but saturday night uh three winners carl anthony towns won the uh won the uh the skills competition. They took out the shooting stars, by the way. There was no shooting stars competition. I think this was the first time they've ever gotten rid of it. It's been 15 years, and they finally got rid of it. Sad because I really liked seeing the legends and the old guys and the and the uh, and, and, and the WNBA player and the, and, the, and the current legends and the current players, the current superstars play and shoot out for a fun event. They got rid of it because I, I just don't think anybody was interested, and to see it go away was sad. But I think at the same time, to really boost ratings and to really get people interested in Saturday night, they got rid of it. And I think it was a good idea. Um, we got to see one interesting thing in Kevin Hart and Draymond Green get a three-point shootout in. And Kevin Hart almost beat him. Uh, Draymond Green had 12 points in his three-point shootout. And then you had uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Hart get 11 in his three-point shootout. You talk about playing really well in your three-point shootout, Kevin Hart was balling. That guy was shooting the ball really, really well in the three-point contest, and seeing Car- and seeing Draymond Green almost get beat by Kevin Hart, you talk about a, a really fun, fun thing for the crowd and a really entertaining event. I thought it was outstanding and an outstanding idea to see a celebrity jump on and try and beat an NBA player in something that I think all of us feel like we can do at one point or another. And Kevin Hart proved that, hey, we can beat some of the, the, the weaker shooting three-point players in the NBA. And don't get me wrong, Jeremy Green's not a weak three-point shooter, but outside of the top of the key, the guy did not look good shooting the three-point ball. And Kevin Hart actually did a pretty good job down the stretch of his three-point shooting and actually showed up and said, hey, guess what, I can do it too. And I think that was a really fun event, a really uh, interesting dynamic to the All-Star weekend uh, on, uh, on Saturday night. I thought it was a cool, cool thing to do, and I want to see it more often down the road and see more uh, things like that kind of uh, jumped in when it comes to the All-Star Saturday night. But overall, the events, Carl Anthony Towns won the skills contest, beating Isaiah Thomas. That was really, really fun to watch, seeing the big man do it, obviously watching guys like DeMarcus Cousins drop the ball as he was trying to dribble the ball to begin his his run on the on the skills competition and then have him shoot the three to beat out uh, whoever he was facing. I forget who he faced. I think it was I think it was Anthony Davis, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but either way, it was really fun to watch and to see uh, and to see the big men beat the small guys. Obviously, that'll be a competition starting next year in 2017 when they go to Charlotte, 
where the All-Star Game will be held. I thought that was a really fun uh, uh, niche to it, adding the big men in. I think they should make it a bigger competition next year with more people and obviously have more big men involved. I thought it was, I, I thought it was really fun. I, I thought overall it was a really, really fun sequence there for the skills competition, outstanding stuff there. The three-point competition, I, I honestly think, and I know the dunk competition, I'll get to that in a moment. I know the dunk competition has always been the powerhouse of the, of the, of the competition, but the NBA is turning into an outside game. And with the way the three-point competition went, I thought it was unbelievable. I thought the shooting was, was off the charts. Certain players were just in the zone. Clay Thompson clearly deserved it this year. He was on fire the entire night. Um, Steph Curry, honestly, he shot well, but this is how well we, this is how much, how, how higher expectations are for Steph Curry when you watch this guy shoot the ball. He, he clearly had a poor shooting night, but he still shot in the 20s when it came to his overall shooting. He was unbelievable, but he still had kind of a poor shooting night. You expected higher expectations for Steph Curry, and he still did well. He got to the finals uh, with Devin Booker, who clearly got to the very end there and had a pretty good shooting night. Uh, but you saw Clay Thompson really dominate and take away the show. And it, and it really showed that our outside game in the NBA is getting to an all-new level because this was an unbelievable uh, uh, part of the – this is, I think, the the premier feature now of All-Star Weekend is the three-point contest. The three-point contest has turned into really the, the number one show. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. The dunk competition was unbelievable on Saturday night. I will never deny that. But – for it to be a featured event, I think we're moving into the degree that the dunk competition needs to probably move back a little bit on an overall scheme. We're not going to see the dunk competition we saw last night every single night. It's not going to be there. The dunk competition is starting to fade itself out because we've almost seen every single dunk you can see. I mean, there are definitely more creative things that can happen, different things that can change, technology. You know, the hoverboard thing was there, obviously helping out Aaron Gordon. But when it comes to the overall event itself, the three-point competition, I feel like, is now the NBA's version of the Home Run Derby. It really is. It's turning into the Home Run Derby of the NBA. And seeing guys go out there and shoot the three ball the way they did on Saturday night, it just goes to show you that we have a large amount of players that are really going to contend for this title for a long time to come. And I know Klay Thompson and Steph Curry are the two best shooters in the NBA. There's no debate on that. But when it comes to the overall talent scheme of the three-point contest, it really it, it gets you up out of your seat. It gets you excited. And I'm one that doesn't like the outside game the NBA is turning into, but this is a really fun event. And it's getting better and better as uh, these players get more and more used to shooting from the outside. Dunk contest. I'm, I'm going to flat out say it. Aaron Gordon got robbed. I think I speak for the people on this one and say, look, Aaron Gordon was an unbelievable – that dunk that he did over the mascot with his two legs – risen where he's basically sitting down in midair as we've all seen we've all talked about it everyone's seen it and where he's sitting in midair that should have been a 50 and that should have won hands down I don't care what Zach Levine does after that Aaron Gordon clearly was the dunk competition champion you can make all the debate that Zach Levine jumped from the three point uh, the free the free throw line and did all these dunks the way he did them you know, windmill from the free throw line, a, a, a alley-oop from the free throw line, a between the legs from the free throw line. Look, I get it. He was a foot inside the free throw line. He was unbelievable with what he did. But we've seen those before. We have. Every dunk Zach Levine did, we've seen before. There were three dunks, three, that we have never seen before in the dunk competition from Aaron Gordon. The one where the, the mascot was on the hoverboard uh, swiveling, 
and Aaron Gordon did a one-handed curl, uh, you know, hand behind the head, 360 dunk. That was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. He also did a between-the-legs alley-oop over the mascot, uh, entire legs extended over the mascot dunk. That was crazy. That's not even to mention the one where he did the, he did the tomahawk fake over the back of the head, up under the legs, jam, behind the head jam. That was, that, those were three dunks we've never seen. Oh, yeah, and then, and then to add on the one I just mentioned where he jumped over the mascot uh, sitting down version. You, you can't debate the fact that his dunks were all different, all unique. Yes, they had some similarities to older dunks, but they were all unique in their own fashion. You can make the case, too, that Zach Levine also had unique dunks and had his dunks were outrageously athletic and unbelievable. But at the same time, we've seen them, we've seen the same dunks from Zach Levine. Zach Levine was not the better dunker on this night. He wasn't. He flat out wasn't. And for people to sit back and say, oh, we've never seen these things before, we've never seen. Look, I've seen most of these dunks from other people that aren't even NBA players. I've seen most of these things. But when it comes to the entertainment value, Aaron Gordon lifted the roof. Aaron Gordon was the showstopper. Aaron Gordon was the guy who made the show happen. And honestly, this isn't. This whole discussion of Aaron Gordon getting robbed and not and Zach Levine winning, no one should bash Zach Levine for winning. Everyone should bash the judges for judging the way they did. Aaron Gordon was clearly the winner. Uh, in the minds of the people who watched this, in the minds of everyone who saw this as a, as a, as a spectator, as a, as, a, as, a, uh, as a customer, a consumer, watching this event and seeing it take place, we all saw. Uh, Zach Levine do the things he did. They were amazing. Don't get me wrong. They weren't 50s, but they were amazing. In the modern-day version of the dunk contest, what he did was not over-the-top incredible. Was it amazing? Yeah, but it wasn't over-the-top incredible things that we've never seen. We've seen the things Zach Levine's done from other people online, things of that nature. But what Aaron Gordon was doing was breathtaking, uh, gravity-defying, things that we've never, ever even thought of could be possible. And granted, Aaron Gordon's a big guy in 6'10", but no one 6'10 should be able to lift their legs above, above nearly – his legs were almost touching the rim. I'm telling you, his legs were about a foot away from the rim. Think about that. What's 9 divided by 12? Think about that. 9 divided by 12, or 9 times 12, should I say. That's about 48. Aaron Gordon was making about 48-inch leaps with his feet above the ground. You're talking about a potential, you know, like if you were to do the long or the, or the, or the, or the, the high jump in track, Aaron Gordon probably would have been touching records at that point. He had about a 48-inch high jump, some crazy stuff. And he's not a stick figure of a human being. This is a guy who is like 6'10", you know, 230, 240 pounds of pure muscle, and he's jumping 48 inches off the ground over something, dunking a basketball. I mean, look, people, if, if you don't think that that is worthy of a championship, you don't really know what you're talking about. It's just flat out. You don't know what you're talking about when it comes to pure athleticism, showmanship, unbelievable. And, again, I'm not going to discount what Zach Levine did. He was unbelievable. He was not Aaron Gordon. We're going to remember this dunk contest five, ten years from now, 20 years from now, and we're going to think, oh, yeah, Aaron Gordon. Who won, the dunk? Who won the 2016 dunk competition? Oh, yeah, Aaron Gordon. No, no doubt. No debate. But Zach Levine actually won the dunk competition because of what he did. And, again, he was unbelievable. But when it comes to the showmanship of it, 
The actual winner was Aaron Gordon. Guy had the best dunks of the night, by far, after that first round. And it was it was so entertaining and so unbelievable that there was really no one else to really compete with. And and here's another thing and I, that I want to get to. And I've been saying this over the last five years, and I've been saying this for a while. Look, the NBA, and this is where I'll get to when it comes to the All-Star break, too. You'll hear the same argument, but it's the same thing for All-Star weekend. Look, you got some of the better players doing the skills competition, doing the three-point competition, yet for some reason we haven't had – superstars in the dunk competition for about five, six years in this, basically in this decade. Name the last superstar that has been in the dunk competition for this decade. Paul George? Maybe? I mean, LeBron has never been a, think about this people, for those of you that are young, LeBron James has never been in a dunk competition. I know LeBron James is not an, is not a quote unquote dunker when it comes to all-star game stuff. But how come we don't see guys coming into the All-Star game who are legends of the game putting on dunk competitions like Dominique and, and Michael Jordan? We're not seeing those things happen. What Aaron Gordon and what Zach Levine did over the weekend was historic. And really, the people we should be mad at, not Zach Levine. Zach Levine's not a guy we should be upset at. He was unbelievable, too. Aaron Gordon was just better. The problem lies in the judges. And if you want to really blame one person who really messed up everything – it was Shaq because Aaron Gordon was the one who should have got a 50 when he gave him a nine. It was a 49. Zach, uh, Aaron Gordon should have had a 50 on the scale. And, in fact, he was the one that got robbed. Andrew Norris is here on the line. Andrew, what's up, man? I know you saw, I know you saw uh, All-Star Saturday night. I know you saw what happened. What was your takeaway? I thought it was one of the greatest All-Star Saturday nights we've ever seen. No, and I don't even think anything can compare to that. Um, I no. mean, the, I, I have I have never got really excited over a skills competition, and I was I mean I was jumping out of my seat watching Carl Anthony Towns try to win this thing. Um, yeah. You know, I haven't been excited over a dunk contest in five years. Even Zach Levine last year wasn't that excited. It was cool, but with the internet yeah. now, I mean, we've seen all that stuff a hundred yeah. times. Absolutely. Now, this year, and, and not to mention the three-point contest where it was basically anybody but Steph in my eyes, um, the hater in me came out. It was just, it was yeah. it was fun. I mean, dude, my parents aren't big sports fans. Uh, my, my parents don't watch basketball. I have them sitting there for three hours watching every single piece of it. And, I mean, they were entertained as all hell. They were into it. They were yeah. amazed by the stuff these guys do, and and it was it was unfreaking believable, dude. And, and you know, I I do got to disagree. I don't think I I agree with what Shaq said that to get a ten, you got to do it on your first try. So I'm not going to hate over what Shaq said. Um, now is and you know, there's got to be a perfect score. There can't be unlimited scores. Right. You know, obviously Aaron Gordon's double sit down over the guy dunk the greatest dunk in dunk contest history. Nothing compared. Michael Jordan, any of his dunks, okay, those dunks could be done by half of the NBA today. Every dunk Michael Jordan ever did in a free in a dunk competition, not besides the free throw line dunk, can be done by half of the NBA. I don't think people understand how much, how many more athletic freaks there are today than there was back then. Um, you, you know, and 
the, the greatest dunk of all time didn't win the free throw, or didn't, God, I keep saying free throw, didn't win the dunk competition, and that's a shame, but there's got to be a top score somewhere, and Zach Levine went and got another top score, you know, right after him. So, greatest dunk competition of all time, greatest Saturday night, uh, all-star weekend Saturday night of all time. Um, it was just a great basketball weekend, I think. Yeah, I, I was going to talk. I was, I'm going to talk about the All Star game in a moment. Obviously, you and I can get into this. Uh, we do have a caller on the line. I'll get him on in just a moment. But you said that Michael Jordan's dunks. I think the only Michael Jordan dunk, honestly, that today still kind of stands in my eyes. Obviously, the free throw line dunk is legendary. But the one where he does the leaning jump, that was probably a dunk that will go down as one of the greatest ever because of the way he did it and from the length he did it, the leaning dunk. And I agree with you. Other players can do it today, but it was MJ and it was because of that. Obviously, the Dominique. There's legendary dunks from other players, but this dunk, like you said, from Aaron Gordon uh, is – I. It's just every time I see it, I'm like, I don't know how that happened. Like, I was just saying it before you came on the air. That was like a 48 to 50-inch vertical that he just put up and dunked. And he's a 6'10 human being. Like, that is monstrous, freakish stuff that we will never see again. And he was dunking a basketball while doing that and jumping over something. It was insane. It was an insane weekend, and I agree with you. It was the best all-star Saturday night I've ever seen. But we do have a caller on the line. Caller, what's your name, and how you doing, man? Hey, this is Joey. I'm doing good, guys. How are you? Doing really good, man. Hey, did you watch this all-star weekend? How, what was your opinion of that, man? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I watched it. You know, I'm to be quite honest, I'm pretty sick of uh, the adoration for the dunk contest and the three-point, you know, I feel like people just look like they don't really appreciate true basketball. Like, I mean, I feel yeah. Like, yeah. like, for instance, like, let me, let me ask you a question. Do you, have you guys sure. ever played um, uh, professional uh, basketball or even at college level or anything like that? I've never no. played at the college level. I have, I have, I have uh, played basketball at the high school level, and I believe me, okay. the real version of basketball is, is I'm t- I agree with you 100% on that. Yeah, because I used to play uh, for uh, Binghamton University back in the uh, early 2000s. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it kind of as me as a player. Like I was, I wasn't. I could have made the NBA, but I probably just like wasn't like sure. physically sized enough. But like, yeah. people need to like respect right. more like the passing and the shooting. And like for you guys to like come on your radio show and just like adore these dunkers. Like, listen, not everyone can dunk, right. but that doesn't mean like we're still not great right. players. Like, dude, absolutely. Like. like yeah, screw like screw like Zach Levine or whatever. Oh wow, he can jump and, and dunk. Big right, whoop. Right. And forget Steph Curry and all these other guys. If you can't pass the yeah. ball for in, in, inside the lane and for a post up shot, like you're really not in my like. I will, I get so infuriated and so mad when I see everyone loving all, all this new NBA stuff. Like you know what, man? They don't give respect to the real college basketball players. I don't understand how people yes. like yourselves could even have a show and talk about basketball if you never played in the collegiate sport level. It's really insulting to me and it's really hurting my feelings. You want to know something, though? And I agree with you on this. I do. I agree with you because I was just about to get to my point about the All-Star game itself. I'm telling you, I was watching that, and I know Andrew was a big fan of it. But for me, I was watching the All-Star game. I watched the first quarter. I turned it off. It was Valentine's Day. I was with my girlfriend. We were both embarrassed watching the All-Star game. It was a joke. These guys came out, didn't care, didn't put respect to the game. And I was talking to my girlfriend as we were going back, going to watch a Valentine's Day movie. I was sitting there telling her before we watched it, I was like, look, 
Back in the back in the nineties, early nineties, you had the greatest players of all time in Michael Jordan, John Stockton. What did they have in common that the guys don't have in common today? They had first of all passion, they had fundamentals, they played the game the right way, they found ways to get their guys open. Yeah, they kinda joked around and did their own thing, but that's because they were outrageously talented and outrageously competitive and outrageously all those other things. And I'm not saying those guys aren't that today, but I agree with you on the scale of overall what the NBA is. It ain't college basketball today. These college basketball players today, most of them, if not all of them, even at the level you played, when I was in college, I went to the University of Puget Sound, a Division three school um, just, just in, in a North Tacoma, if you know anything about the Pacific Northwest. And I worked out with those guys in the gym. I watched their fundamentals. I watched it. The, there's guys at the D3 uh, community college level who are outrageously talented from a fundamental perspective and guys who are just, I'm telling you, just I'm telling you, they're, they're this close to being Division Two, Division One basketball players. The only difference is, is the reason why they're not Division One is because they don't have the quote-unquote hops, the entertainment level. Because at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to with Division One and, and all those other things. It becomes a quote-unquote entertainment level. And I agree with you. I agree with you a thousand percent. It is disrespectful from the standpoint of the All-Star game that these guys come out they're the quote-unquote best players in the world because they're talented, because they're this, because they're that. Okay, then show it. They didn't show it. It was a joke. It was a flat-out joke, the All-Star game this year. It was. In my opinion, from a standpoint of pure basketball, what it should be, it was a flat-out – it was disrespectful, in my opinion. And so, from your level of, of what you're talking about, man, I, I am in agreement with you. And, and that's why when it comes to this, this NBA, and we've mentioned it. Andrew and I have mentioned it on the show. This NBA is not the NBA – of old, where guys actually would, would attack the paint, would actually play hard in, in, in tech room, have, have pure fundamentals. It's, it's all entertainment-based. The NBA is turning into the WWE. It really is. It's turning into, but so is football, so is portions of baseball, not all of baseball, but so it's getting to a point where it's all just turning into an entertainment-based field because what are they trying to do? They're trying to get ratings. They're trying to get this. They're trying to get that. I, I, I'm on board with what you're saying from the standpoint of the NBA is not what it used to be. And obviously with the way college basketball is, college basketball is a way better sport from a standpoint of pure, pure, pureness. Like it is, it's, it is a sport that is more basketball based than the NBA. We talk about the NBA because it is where the ratings are. It is where the things are at and is where the drama is. But college basketball is coming up. As I said, it's coming up here in the next couple of days. Obviously there's college basketball over the weekend that we got that happened. Um, but, but anyway, buddy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you off the air. I really appreciate your, your conversation here. Is there anything else you want to say before you go? No, you guys, uh, I, I respect your response. It uh, shows you you're, yeah. you're, you're one of the good ones. Uh, anyways, uh, just thanks for taking my call. I'll be listening to the show. Absolutely, no doubt, buddy. Um, and, uh, the, the, I, hey, Andrew, I mean, this is where I'll just get into it. Andrew, I'll get into it, and i got to get back to work soon. I'll get into it. This, uh, this I, All-Star I, I, game? Yeah, yeah. Real quick, let me make a comment. If if you're going to call into the show, um, and and we're we're completely okay with you having an opinion and disagreeing Absolutely. with our opinion, uh, sure. call in disagree with our opinion. That's how these shows become great. Um, Absolutely. But if you think, if you think or you're offended by the fact that we didn't play basketball at a supremely high level, and it offends you and it hurts your feelings. Uh, I, I don't, I don't care. Um, I, I, I've coached basketball. I've played basketball my whole life. I've watched basketball 
because you were a little bit better at basketball than me or Chris sure. doesn't mean sure. Jack. Um, so sure. just a shout-out to all you guys who played at a high level. Good for you. You guys probably put the work in. You guys probably Absolutely. did everything you could do at that level. But do not, do not call in and bitch and complain because it's 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 not it's not gonna go okay. And, and, and Chris, was, you yeah. responded about it respectfully as possible, but stop calling in with that nonsense because I don't care and I don't want to hear it. Yeah, and, and but and and but here's the thing with his and, and I get where you're coming from. I do. I mean, I believe me. I I'm I am a hardcore athlete. I was an MVP cross country runner in my high school. Uh, I was one of those guys who could run like a 430 mile. I was a crazy athlete in high school. I'm not just bragging. That's just how it was. I worked out with basketball teams. I know what they go through. I get how intense it is. Believe me, I I understand. But and and and. and I did agree with him to a degree, though. I did agree with him that the fact that the NBA is turning into more of an entertainment field than it is an actual basketball. Now, now, Rhett, what's up? His point is a good point about the game, about the dunk contest. Um, Now, obviously, you're going to talk about the highly watched things because that's what gets rating. That's what gets people to listen, and that's why we're here. We're not here to talk to ourselves. So you're going to talk about that. I understand his point. But I'm not yeah. talking about the actual the, the the point he made. I'm talking about the the little comment. He's offended that we didn't play yeah, basketball. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, you know what? So did so. Neither did some of the some of the best sports talkers that I've ever that I've that I've listened to. J T. The Brick never played real athletic sports. Uh, uh, ben Maller never played a high level of sports. Uh, Colin Coward, look at Colin Coward. He's never played an athletic high level of sport. Look, this is, this is the industry we're in. Not everyone has been a high athletic, you know, not everyone's been an NBA player. Not everyone's been a college basketball player. You know, I have played sports. I know it's sports. I'm an athlete, man. I get, I get his mentality of being offended and all that crap. And I get where you're coming from, Andrew, of the fact that maybe he shouldn't come on this air and say that, but, but when it came to the point that he made about the basketball world, look, and I'm just going to say it real quick. The All-Star game this year was horrible. I'm sorry. This was, this was the worst All-Star game I've seen in, I think, about 10, 15 years. It's been, it's been a long time since I've sat here. And believe me, Andrew, I was as jacked up, geared up, excited to watch the All-Star game as anybody. But I was watching that All-Star game, Andrew, and I'm telling you, they were all, obviously all the best players in the world were there. But but the way they were playing was very nonchalant, very – and I understand it's the all-star break. I get it. I know. And I'm not – I don't want to harp on it. And maybe it's the new NBA. I don't know. But, Andrew, honestly, this all-star game really kind of offended me because I thought back to old all-star games from five, ten years ago where guys came out and they played really, really hard. Not the whole game. It's never been the whole game. It never will be. It never has been. But when it comes to, like, the first five minutes, the starters who got voted in, it was in a grant again. I'm older. I'm 25, but when when the, when the starters got voted in, they actually played hard the first five minutes. Then they'd come out of the game, and that's when all you saw. That's when you saw all the Andrew. Do you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. I had a little weird thing go on my phone. Anyway, uh, when I watched the All Star Game back in the day, it was the first five minutes the starters would play hard. And then it would turn into guys would come off the bench and they'd start throwing alley-oops, making fun things. Chris Paul would come in, you know, perfect example. Chris Paul comes in, does some crazy behind-the-back passes, alley-oops, things like that. You saw that happen, and that's not the part I'm upset about. The part I got upset about was the first quarter. I saw the starters come in, lollygag up and down the court, 
play zero to like none to zero defense. Uh, I watched them just run around and, and play like they're at the at the playground, you know, choose when and when not to play, when and when to come out. And that was the part that got to me. Now, if it would have happened in the second quarter, the third quarter, okay, fine. Not a problem. I have no problem with that because that's what the All-Star game is supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be entertaining. It's supposed to be – I didn't even find it entertaining in the first quarter. I watched the first quarter, and I was sitting there with my girlfriend, and I was telling her, I was like, this is going to be awesome because you're going to see – you're going to see Kobe Bryant come out and play really hard. You're going to see guys come out and play hard. And then it's going to kind of slow down and turn to this. I was telling her how it usually goes. And the first quarter, I'm telling you, man, on top of the puppy monkey baby commercial, on top of the, you know, the, the state farm gangster rapping commercial that I saw with Damian Lillard and Kevin Love, I was sitting there. I was like, this is like not entertaining at all. Like I can't watch this. Like I, I almost cannot sit here and watch this. And so I decided, look, I'm going to watch a movie with my girlfriend. It's Valentine's Day. And that's even embarrassing for me to say on this show. I love basketball. That's embarrassing for me to say. I didn't say, look, I'm going to watch the last five minutes of the game. I'm going to see where they're at, and I'm going to see what's up. I turn it on, the 20-point ball game, and it's the exact same output they had in the first quarter that I saw in that quarter. And I'm thinking, okay, Paul Gasol and Kobe Bryant are going to match off. Okay, that's kind of cool. But there was no intensity in this ball game, And that's, that's where it got embarrassing to me was I watched this All-Star game, and I thought of All-Star games from the past, and I saw, look, there's got to be some level of intensity. When the Pistons in 04, look, this is what it reminded me of. When the Pistons in 2004 won the NBA title, and then they played the All-Star game in 05, when they had all four, pretty much all four of the main Pistons, Tayshaun Prince, Chauncey Billups, Rasheed Wallace, and Ben Wallace. I think Rip Hamilton was there too. I think they had all five starting Pistons at one point in the game in the fourth quarter. The Eastern Conference, they all came out, and they all played intense defensive basketball in the, in the playoffs. Now, it wasn't like playoff basketball, was it? No, but it was entertaining. They played hard. They made it look good. Every single time I've watched the fourth quarter in the, in the NBA, and granted it was a 20-point game in the fourth quarter, so maybe that might affect why it was like that, but almost every time I watch the All-Star game in the fourth quarter, it is somewhat intense. The players kind of gear up and get ready to play hard. I didn't see that in the final five minutes. And granted, it was a 20-point game. It was this, but normally they kind of come back and make it a closer game to make it entertaining. It, it, it didn't have any kind of entertainment appeal outside of the guys shooting from long range and throwing oops and things of that nature. I, I just didn't see the intensity. And I saw a lot of lollygagging that really, really bothered me. And for the NBA to be on such a big stage at the All-Star game, it was embarrassing. From a standpoint of talking about basketball, you know, talking about the game that I love the most, it it, 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 it kind of made me cringe a little bit. I want to hear your take, Andrew, and then we can kind of get into a talk about it. Yeah, and, and I do got to go here pretty soon, but um, no problem. I, I, I am the opposite of you. I think this is a showcase. Reggie Miller said it perfect. It's a showcase. It's an exhibition. It's a game that these guys go to play to entertain us as fans when they could be yeah. gone vacationing with their wife. I mean, and it's a huge honor. We voted them in, yes, but, you know, they can decline it. They can go vacation with their wives, which they still will do, but this is the long grind of an NBA season. These guys are tired. Yeah. These guys are beat up, and they finally get a chance to just play a game of basketball with their friends, okay? These are their best friends yeah. in the world. These are guys who they, you know, they've been around for 10-plus years in some instances, uh, you know, and it's just they they finally get to just go out 
not worry about playing well, and just have fun. Now there's people like Paul George who were so focused on the MVP that it looked like he wasn't having any fun at all. Um, but it was just, you know, I, I, I personally want to see an NBA All-Star game with 200 points apiece. I think that would be the coolest thing. <laughs> and, and I love defense. I, I absolutely love the. I'm a Pistons fan. I have to love defense. I mean, go to work, Pistons, bad boys. I have to love defense. But Right. I, I just think in this instance, in in an All Star Game setting, an exhibition game setting, you know, this is the this is the type of thing the fans want to see. This is the type of thing they never get to do, even on their days off. They got to go to practice. They got to watch film. And if you think they're doing this kind of game at practice, even if they scrimmage, dream on. This is their one time in the six month span, seven months, eight whatever it is, eight month span that the NBA right. season is that they get to just kind of hang out with their buddies and put on a show. So I'm all for it. Uh, I love the All-Star game. My eyes were glued the whole time. I love big dunks. I love alley-oops. I love people, you know, draining three after three after three like Russell Westbrook. Um, Now, do I love the fundamental part of a basketball game? Of course. That's the best part of basketball. That's why, you know, your casual fan isn't going to love watching the Spurs, but a diehard fan is going to just keep their eyes glued to the screen the whole time. And, right. you know, it's just – it's the one time of year you get to see these guys not worry about anything. I think it's the perfect setup. Uh, and, you know, I don't think – I don't personally think it could be more entertaining. Maybe if it was worse. Yeah. If, they, if, they made, if they made it like the MLB All-Star game where home field advantage was on the line and they played like this, that would be different. But this is a complete yeah. exhibition, nothing at all at stake. It's, it's just, to me, Andrew, like, it, to me – this year, I know you got to go soon. To me, this year it felt Pro Bowlish, and, and and here's the thing, with the MLB All Star Game, and, and even before the MLB All Star Game had home field advantage back in 20, 2003 when they started that whole thing, the MLB All Star Game you can't really pitchers can't really go out there and just kind of lollygag the ball over the plate. They can't do that because then it it, it they could get hurt. It could it could it could change the outcome of the game. It would just be bad to watch uh, organically. That's kind of what the NBA All-Star game is kind of in between the Pro Bowl and the All-Star and the MLB All-Star game because, like, as I've grown up, and it's always been a thing, where you watch the All-Star game in the NBA, you know that the first, like, five minutes of the ball game, or at least you feel like the first five minutes of the ball game, it's going to be kind of semi-normal, but it's going to be intense, but not all the way. And you kind of watch it, and you're like, okay, cool. And then when the guys come out of the game, the starters, because that's what the fans voted for, then you start to see all of the stuff we've been, I've been talking about that I don't really like, but that it's entertaining because it's just the all-star game. There's nothing on the line. There's nothing there. But, and that's what you expect. And then, obviously, the third quarter, you kind of see, you kind of see them kind of get back to being a close game. And then the fourth quarter, and, like, this is the part where I think the NBA needs to put a, a hammer down on, is make the fourth quarter in the all-star game – more like a basketball game. Don't lollygag in the fourth court, please. Because, and I get where you're coming from. I do. It's, it's an exhibition. They shouldn't worry. But it, it becomes a point where it becomes an entertainment value thing. And if it becomes guys just lollygagging and running around and, you know, honoring the next legend and, you know, all that stuff, it becomes kind of like, like WWE, Pro Bowl type. I don't want that to happen in the NBA. I really don't want that to happen because the All-Star game to me, Granted, I'm I'm still I'm 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 older from the standpoint I've been watching them since I was like eight or nine, so I've been watching them for a long time. I I just remember when the All Star game in the fourth quarter got guys got so intense in the fourth quarter. At least the final five ten minutes would get intense to the point where guys were like, "Man, I ain't trying to lose. I ain't trying to." Pride became a thing, 
And for some reason, Pride did not take a stand in this game at all. And I understand it was Kobe's last. Believe me, I get it. But at the same time, it's like, and you mentioned it, Paul George looked like he really wasn't having fun. Look, Paul George is a baller, man. This guy, this guy wanted, I saw it from the tip. Like, literally, the first, I was pointing out to my girlfriend, I was like, look, the only guys in the West right now who look like they're really here to play are Kevin Durant and, and Russell Westbrook. And the only guys in the East right now who look like they're ready to play right now is Paul George. And I, and I even told her, look, watch LeBron drive to the rack and, and lose the ball because he's doing it lollygagging. Bam, he did it. He did it like three times in the first quarter. You saw guys trying to throw oops as they're lollygagging. They miss them. They miss the alley-oops. They miss the t- – it starts to look like bad basketball. And that's, that's the fine line. Guys can't just go out there and, like you said, not worry and lollygag and make it a non-entertaining thing. They need to at least have some kind of, some kind of in-depth intensity to make it at least watchable because it was unwatchable in the first quarter. It was. It, I mean, it wasn't fun at points of the game. Clearly, I didn't watch the second and third quarter, so maybe that was different. But it was, it was hard to watch at the beginning. Andrew, I know you got to go. Anything else you want to say before you go? Yeah, and I think they would have been like that in the fourth quarter if it was closer. But um, yeah, it, it is what. It is. And shout out to Andre Drummond: eighteen points, thirteen rebounds in his first All Star game. Uh, oh yeah, first of many. I mean, six, seven, eight, nine, ten in a row in his future. Um, so I, you know, that that was awesome to see. Um, and then you know, I will. Uh, I I don't think I can be on tomorrow, so you guys will be missing me. Uh, and then, you know, if I can, I, of course, will be here. If not, I'll see you guys Wednesday. And as always, peace. All right, Andrew, have a good one. Yeah, I mean, hey, no worries there, Andrew. Absolutely no worries. We, we've got the all-star break going on right now. we got three days really off. Obviously, the college basketball world is really starting to take into effect what's going on, and I know most of you out there who are into the pure fundamentals of the game, college basketball is where it's at. And believe me, that's where this show will gear towards come March. Uh, definitely once the All-Star break ends, we got a couple of games here and there that are happening in the NBA, but really once March comes, we will be heavy, in-depth college basketball because that's what that's the heart of the game right there is college basketball. Obviously, there's entertainment value in college basketball as well, but when it comes to the heart of the actual game, college basketball is where that, and we will transfer that here later uh, throughout the show here in the next couple episodes. We're here in episode 71 of the Hoopers Log. Again, if you'd like to call in and talk about the All-Star game or just talk about college basketball or talk about anything you want in the world of basketball, 323-642-1558 is the number. Trade deadline rumors real quick. There's one that I've seen, and obviously the trade deadline on, on Thursday, Dwight Howard potentially being traded to Miami for Hassan Whiteside. Again, a crazy, crazy idea of a trade. It could happen. I don't think it will but it easily could happen. Uh, I think it would be an interesting and a different dynamic for Houston, and who knows, that could probably spark them and get them back into the playoff conversation because right now, as it stands in the NBA standings, before we get to college basketball, in the NBA standings, it's Portland and Utah at the bottom spots. Portland at number seven, Utah at number eight. And then you got Houston right there, a half game back of Utah. Sacramento is about four games, four and a half games back of a spot, and Denver and New Orleans are right there hovering as well. And then in the in the East, you have Charlotte only a half game up on the Detroit Pistons. It's going to come down to the wire here in the NBA throughout this final couple of months before the regular. Think about this. Two months from today, the NBA regular season will be at its finale. That's where we'll be in two months when it comes to the NBA. And again, the All-Star game last night, the West won 196 to 173. Again, I understand where Andrew's coming from when it comes to the scoring and the this and the that. But at the same time, 
for those of you that know what I'm talking about, look, I can't sit here and watch bad basketball for a majority of the game. Look, when you're throwing up 83 pointers in a ball game for both teams, that's that's out of control. That's that, that that's that's pro bullish. That's that's boring. That's not good basketball. And and I don't promote that at all here on the show. And that's why I want to sit here and tell you that the Hooper's log is back in full effect, and we'll be here talking college basketball the rest of the way. In the college basketball world, over the weekend, Friday, you saw an upset there uh, with Arizona State beating USC 74-67. Again, uh, Trey Holder had 20 points. Trey Holder had 20 points and four assists for the Arizona State Sun Devils. They got the victory in Nikola Jovanovic. Man, what a name. Nikola Jovanovic. We're going to have to remember his name because USC is probably going to be in the tournament. 25 points, 15 rebounds, a dominating performance by him. That's probably a wipe-over-worthy performance in the world of the NBA if you were in it. That was an outstanding game by Arizona State. Again, hovering, hanging around 14-11 and 11 on Friday night, getting the victory there. Uh, Saturday, Saturday was a big night, big day in the world of college basketball. Wisconsin beating Maryland 70-57, to 57, number two Maryland, getting a loss now 22-4. and four. Wisconsin at 16-9, and nine, getting the victory there. Again, Wisconsin hanging around, beating big teams in the Big Ten, finding a way to hang around and stay relevant in the Big Ten. That's a big win for them as they get closer in the standings there. And I will recap the standings here for you on a Monday on the 15th of February of the World of College Basketball here in a moment after I recap these scores. Kansas, Oklahoma, clearly two of the best teams in the nation right now. Remember, they played on the 4th of January and had that classic, that triple overtime classic. Kansas winning 76-72 in Oklahoma. Heart of a champion win there for Kansas at 21-4. and Big-time win there in the Big 12. Again, the Kansas Jayhawks getting the victory over number three, Oklahoma, 76-72. Xavier beating Butler, 74-57. Duke upsetting Virginia, 63-62. Duke is looking like they're punching their, their ticket to the tournament with that victory. Again, staying competitive in the ACC, that'll keep them in it, and that'll keep them there. Obviously, the conference, the conference tournaments will begin here in the next couple of weeks. So once that comes up, we will have that update for you every single day on the Hoopers log. West Virginia destroys uh, TCU, 73-42. Stanford beating Oregon, number 11 Oregon, uh, 76-72, 12-11 now at Stanford, 5-7 in the Pac-12. They don't look like they're going to make the, the tournament, but Oregon is now 20-6, hovering in the in the, uh, in the the Pac-12. Uh, Notre Dame at 71-66. They beat, excuse me, 71-66. They beat the Louisville Cardinal, a big-time upset there, helping Notre Dame potentially get into the potential spot of a playoff position when it comes to the NCAA tournament. They are getting closer and closer into that conversation as they are now 9-4 and four in the ACC. We'll recap the standings for you in a moment. Iowa State beating number 24, uh, Texas number 14. Iowa State beating number 24, Texas, 85-75. They got the victory there. Again, again Iowa State is going to get in the tournament, and they're going to go far. They have a ton of talent on that team and a team that really has the opportunity – to go deep in the tournament, especially playing in the Big 12. Again, another upset. LSU, Ben Simmons, 16 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. The clear number one favorite, favorite to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. No debate there. And Ben Simmons getting the victory over Texas A&M, number 15, Texas A&M, 76-71. 9-3 in the SEC are the LSU Tigers. They're playing unbelievable basketball lately. SMU, 69-60 over Gonzaga. Michigan at 61-56. and over Purdue, again, a big-time upset. Big Blue getting the, getting the upset in the Big Ten on Saturday. Providence, 75-72 over Georgetown. Uh, t- Texas Tech dominating Baylor, 84-66 to in Baylor. Talk about an off night for the Baylor Bears. They're getting dominated by Texas Tech 
84-66. Texas Tech now 15-9, 5-7 in the Big 12. Baylor drops to 18-7 and 7-5 and in the Big 12. Kentucky beats South Carolina 89-62. And Northern, Northern Iowa beating Wichita State 53-50. to Upset in the MBC of the, the, the Missouri Valley Conference. A big-time win there for Northern Iowa as they get to go to 8-6, and 16-11 and 11 overall. 8-6 and six in the Mountain uh, Missouri Valley Conference. Big time win there. A lot of, a lot of changes there on a Sunday or on a Saturday in the world of college basketball. Iowa eking out a win over Minnesota in the Big Ten. Again, Minnesota 0-13 in the Big Ten. You can make the case that they're, they're out of a potential spot in the, in the, in the tournament. Uh, Iowa 75-71, number four in the nation, 11-2 in the Big Ten, dominating there. Michigan State dominates Indiana 21-5. 21 and 5 on the season, 88-69 over Indiana, 8 and 5 in the Big Ten. Indiana still 10 and 3 in the Big Ten. They're hovering. They're going to be a they're going to be a team that'll make it to the tournament. I can guarantee you that. North Carolina beating Pittsburgh, 85-64. Um, Miami 67-65 over Florida State in the ACC. A big time win for Miami there as they eked out one. Florida State needs to keep winning to keep themselves alive. And Arizona beats USC on Sunday night. Arizona 17 in the country. 86-78 over USC, a big time victory there for Era, or excuse me, for Arizona over USC. Uh, in the world of college basketball, the rankings have just been announced. Um, just came out, fresh off the press, fresh off the press. Number one, Villanova, twenty-two and twenty-two and three. Kansas at twenty-one and four. Oklahoma, number three, twenty and four. Iowa, number four. North Carolina, number five. Then you got uh, Maryland at number six, Virginia seven, Xavier eight, Michigan State at eight. Uh, both Xavier and Michigan State are tied at the eighth spot, both with 1,174 points. Uh, West Virginia at number 10. And then you got Miami, Arizona, uh, Iowa State, Kentucky. Kentucky's at number 14. They flew up in the rankings. Dayton at number 15. Oregon dropped to number 16. Purdue dropped to – or they went up a little bit to, eight, to 17. Louisville dropped to 18. Notre Dame went up to 19, now being ranked in the country. Duke at number 20 back in the rankings. SMU at 21. Indiana number 22. Providence at 23. Texas at 24. And Baylor at number 25, dropping all the way back to 25. Texas A&M dropped out of the rankings. So did USC, and so did Wichita State. So those are your fresh, hot, off-the-press top 25s in the AP poll. Let's break down the standings for you in the world of college basketball, and then let's get out of here. There are some games coming on tonight in the world of college basketball. Nothing out of the ordinary or nothing crazy. Uh, I would assume that there is at least one ranked game. No. Virginia, ranked playing NC State tonight. ESPN Kansas plays Oklahoma State in Kansas those are really the two games you got going on. No ranked opponents playing one another, though. Uh, on Tuesday, though, you have West Virginia at Texas, and then you have Iowa State at Baylor. Two ranked opponents playing one another. That will be a huge one on ESPN two and ESP, uh, on ESPN two tomorrow night. But let's go over the and the college basketball standings. If you'd like to call in, again, the phone number is three two three six four two one five five eight is the number. If you'd like to call in and talk about the world of college basketball, please feel free to do so. Um, here on the Hooper's Log and enlighten me. America East standings. Let's get through. Let's fly through them before we get out of here. Stony Brook leads the leads the conference, thirteen and zero in the conference, twenty two and four overall. Temple at ten and three in the American standings, sixteen and eight overall, ten and three leading the conference. Dayton at eleven and one, just ran, mentioned there in the rankings, twenty one and three overall, eleven and one leading the conference. ACC North Carolina at ten and two leading the ACC, twenty one and four overall. North Florida and NJIT and Jacksonville all seven and four in the Atlantic Sun standings. They're all hanging around there at the top end. Kansas at nine and three. 
21 and four overall with West Virginia at nine and three. They're 20 and five. Oklahoma's one game back at eight and four. Big East Villanova 12 and one, 22 and three overall, dominating in the Big East up by two games. Montana at 11 and two in the Big Sky, 16 and eight. They're leading that nation, that conference as we know. Winthrop at 10 and four with UNC Asheville, also 10 and four in the Big South Conference. Big Ten standings: Iowa at 11 and two, leading the conference over Maryland and Indiana. Both at ten and three. Big West, Hawaii, nine and one, twenty and three overall, leading the Big West standings. Colonial Athletic Association standings. UNC Wilmington, twelve and two, twenty and five overall. UAB in the Conference USA standings. UAB eleven and two, twenty one and five, dominating. Valparaiso, eleven and two, twenty one and five overall, dominating. The Ivy League standings. Yale, eight and zero, seventeen and five overall, dominating the Ivy League standings. The MAAC, the MAC standings. Monmouth, thirteen and two, twenty one and five overall. Akron in the Mid American. East Conference standings, uh, nine and three overall in the conference. Ball State is seven and five with Toledo as well at seven and five. The MEAC standings: Hampton and Norfolk State nine and two. South Carolina State is nine and three, right there a half game back of them. Clearly, that's the high ranked in the MEAC. Missouri Valley standings: Wichita State twelve and two. Illinois State is only two games back there, ten and four. San Diego State in the Mountain West dominating, still twelve and one, nineteen seven overall. Northeast standings: Wagner and Fairlow Dickinson and St. Francis, PA, Mount St. Mary's. Four teams in the top spot at nine and five in the conference, dominating there. It's going to be going down to the wire. Murray State not eight and five. In the world of the Ohio Valley standings in the West, Murray State eight and five, and then Tennessee Tech and Belmont at ten and three in the East portion of the Ohio Valley Conference standings. Both ten and three in that conference in the East portion, tied going to the wire. Pac twelve standings, Arizona and Oregon tied at nine and four at the top spot in the conference. Patriot League standings, Bucknell ten and four, thirteen and twelve overall in the standings. SEC standings, Kentucky and LSU at nine and three. South Carolina is one game back at eight and four, and a ton of teams at seven and five below them. Southern standings, Chattanooga at 12 and 2, 23 and 23 and 4 overall leading the standings in that one. Southland standings, Stephen F. Austin 11 and 0, 18 and 5 leading that by three games. SWAC standings, South Texas Southern 10 and 1, 11 and 12 overall. Summit League standings, South Dakota State 9 and 3 with IPFW at 9 and 3 as well. Omaha is at 9 and 4 in the Summit League standings. Those are all the top teams there. Sun Belt standings, Arkansas Little Rock at 12 and 2. 22 and 3 overall. West Coast standings. Gonzaga is a game up on St. Mary's, 20 and 6 overall. And New Mexico State in the WAC standings at 9 and 1, 15 and 8 overall. Those are your NCAA standings in the world of college basketball. With about two weeks until conference uh, conference uh, tourneys get going, we are here to break it all down for you on the Hoopers Log. Please feel free to stay afloat here. 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern here on the Hoopers Log. We're always here to stay. We're always here to give you the world of basketball news. Always here to get it going for you. Again, we've got about a minute left on the show. With about a minute left on the show, I'm trying to find my outro. Here it is. Uh, With about a minute left on the show, we'll be back tomorrow. Episode 71 in the books. We'll talk more about the world of college basketball, anything that happened last night or tonight in the world of basketball, any trade rumors, any trades that happened, any major breaking news, we will get it to you on the Hoopers Log. Should be a short show. 